All right, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. chapter in a section here that um, you have to you have to remember the context and, and look at each of these verses in the context there are, there are a lot of people that will take one verse take it out lift it out out of the context and try to make it mean something else <clears throat> and if you take uh, you take verse there are a lot of places in the Bible you take that one verse, it may seem like it's teaching something different what what's presented in the context and um there here when it's when it's talking about these um different gifts there um we have you have to understand that when it when it's talking about things stopping uh, until that which is perfect has come it's we're, we're speaking there about the fact that the because the canon of scripture was not completed they didn't have the new testament at that time all of their all of their uh, revelation all the revelation that they were receiving it came to the apostles god spoke to the apostles and then they gave it to uh, everybody else all the all the christians and so there were there were things that that God God gave gifts that God gave to the apostles that just ordinary people didn't have. And um, so when we get into into the lesson this morning, I, in case I forget to stress that, <clears throat> uh, just remember that that uh, we're also we're talking about. A period of time now when you know when Christianity is just you know just beginning to multiply and uh, the Bible has not been completed yet the New Testament's not been given yet and and so it, 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 you you can't look at it like today we've got the completed Bible now we don't we there are a lot of these things that we don't don't need now they're not necessary now uh, because we have the completed Bible. And also another thing in the book of 1 Corinthians, there, there's a lot of things, the, the Corinthians, the, the church at Corinth, these people had come out of rank paganism. They had got, they had got saved, but, but they had been going to the, the temples, the uh, temples for the, of the false gods, and, and a lot of uh, things that went on in those temples it doesn't go on in in a New Testament church, and a lot of a lot of just really just uh, perversion, and and um, so Paul is counteracting that. With, he's giving the the word and to to uh, you know counteract what what they have been taught and what they have. But some of them were still trying to practice. They were trying to mix makes things, you know, and bring bring the old uh, paganism into the church, the teachings there in the 
in the church at Corinth. So, um, and I, I can't, you know, I can't, every, I, I know as we've gone along, I've, I've spent a lot of time in dealing with some of these issues. And so I can't, I can't go back every Sunday and get, go into detail into things that, that we've already studied. I know some of you are not here every Sunday and, and uh, so you kind of, we go into a lesson that you kind of, uh, you know, it's, you don't have the background because you've not been here. But I try to, I try to give a, be, a brief review so that, you know, we'll, it won't, you're, you're not in the dark when, even though you haven't been here every Sunday. That's another reason you ought to be here every Sunday. Amen. <laughs> in order to get all that. I didn't hear anyone, not one amen. Okay, thanks, John. <laughs> all right, look at uh, chapter 13. And uh, let's begin in verse 8. Verse, well, let's go up to verse 7. Well, let's go on. We'll just read the whole, the whole thing. We've done that before. Let's do it again. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, <clears throat> and... And the word tongues here now is not, that's not talking about something. This is a language. It's talking about languages. And um, I mentioned you go all the way back to Acts chapter 2. The, the, the language, the tongues that it mentions there are the languages of the people from those 13 different nations. They spoke different languages. And um, so it's not talking about, you know, some, some kind of an unknown utterance or, all, or anything. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now by the faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And I told you I was, I was going to use the word love. Um, you understand, I've told, mentioned this before, that uh, charity is actually a little more, it's a, it's a deeper, it's a love that gives. Um, we, we think of charity, we think about the March of Dimes or something like that, you know, that's, we think about charity. 
but uh, the way it's used here, it is, it is a really is a deeper, deeper love than just love. You know, like even like the love you have, you know, for your children or wife or husband, or whatever. This is this is a love like when it speaks of the love of God, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. This is a divine love. So um, we, uh, we had got into this a little bit last time. Notice in verse 8 it says that uh, charity or love never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they should fail. Now, now this, this doesn't mean that the word, the word prophecy just means proclaim, to proclaim. It doesn't mean that's going to be done away. What it's, what it's speaking of here is that what, what they have now is just a partial knowledge because they don't have the completed New Testament. And that, that, that partial knowledge is going to be actually the, the uh, way that this was, was given to the people was through, you know, just through the word of the apostles. Of course, the apostles couldn't preach to everybody, so they would, they would tell other preachers they would tell them you know this is this is the revelation of God and and so then they would proclaim that 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 in that sense that would be not be needed anymore because now you have you have the completed New Testament same thing here about the knowledge but I want you to notice that there is that it talks about one of the gifts here that that it said it will cease this will cease the word cease means stop. It means it'll stop. It will just stop. That, that same word is not used of knowledge or prophecy. It's used of, of, uh, of the tongues, and that's all. Um, and and in, in, in contrast to the uh, ceasing, the uh, cessation of tongues, we, we realize that prophecy and knowledge, it says, it will not be. It will not be the same. The same way. It will not be received in the same way. So it'll be. It will be done away. He's talking about the partial. The partial knowledge. It will be. It will be done away. And um, and the and the and the verb there that's used is a passive verb, meaning something is going to stop prophecy and knowledge. It's not going to stop of itself, like tongues. Tongues shall cease. That, I mean, that's very clear, isn't it? Uh, tongues shall cease. They'll, they'll stop. Uh, but, but, something, but something else is going to replace the prophecy and the knowledge. And that something is found here in verse 10. It is that perfect thing, that perfect, when that is perfect, has come. And we're going to talk about that today, that perfect thing. What is that perfect thing that it's talking about? Now, now prophecy and knowledge haven't ceased with, with tongues. I mean, when this, when this has been written, when it's given, uh, they're, they're still going on. And in, fact, in fact, because we have the full revelation of, of God now in, in the Bible, we have a Bible. Uh, 
prophecy, prophesy, uh, proclaiming, and and uh, knowledge are still going on. It's just that we have we have a more perfect knowledge and more more perfect uh, uh, word to proclaim. It's not just a partial thing. So. Uh, Verse 9, he, he said, we know in part. Now, know, the word know, that's knowledge. That's talking about that gift of knowledge. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So uh, this is one of those things that, that it's, it's, it's hard to explain, and, and especially early in the morning like this when you're just looking at me like, what is he talking about? Um, I, I know I know what this is teaching, but it's one of those things that's just it is hard to explain. It's hard to put in words what this is about. But but am I been have I been clear up to this point? Clear as mud. <laughs> um, so so the um, the partial things, the partial things, the knowledge and the prophecy in the way that it was being uh, given at that time, it, it's going to stop when the perfect thing comes. And the, and the second point here, this is where we'll get into the perfect thing, is that it says that, that the gifts, that they're not only uh, temporary, they're, they're partial as well. Look at verse 9 again. In part, you find that word in part, or phrase, in part, you find that twice, and then verse 10, that which is in part, so that's three times. Three times he uses that phrase, in, in part. Notice verse 12, I know in part. Four times he emphasized the fact that the knowledge we have is partial. And, and, and of course, you know, put it in the time period there now, but even today, even though we have the completed Bible. We have the complete canon of Scripture. It's been closed. God said in the last chapter, Revelation, you know, to add to it or take away. This is God's complete revelation. But we still, we still claim that we know everything, can we? I mean, not if you're honest. Somebody one time said the only people that know everything are first-year Bible college students. By the time they get to, to graduation, they've learned they didn't know very much at all and still don't. And, and I've, I've been uh, teaching Sunday school for 64 years and studying the Bible. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've read the Bible uh, through. And, and they're still, I can, I can begin to study something and I said, I never saw that before. I didn't understand that before. And there's still things that I don't know. It, it seems like the questions that you want to ask me as you're going out the door on Sunday are questions I don't know the answer to. <laughs> so, so uh, but, but you know, the fact is, even with the completed revelation of God, we still don't know everything, Right? And especially was that true before the New Testament was completed. They didn't have that. They didn't have uh, the, the completed Word of God. So, um, 
it, uh, one, one Bible scholar said that, that uh, in, when he's saying here that we, we know in part, he's, it, is, it means a part of, of the whole, not the whole, but, but a part of the whole. Gifts are partial. You notice that it's interesting to see that tongues, not a, does, that, that word doesn't appear in verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, verse 12, or verse 13. They have stopped. And the only thing that will be around when the perfect thing comes is prophecy and knowledge. There will be other gifts, of course, but the ones that Paul refers to here, prophecy and knowledge, <clears throat> they, will still be, they will still be around. And tongues has by this time, by the time the perfect thing comes, tongues has stopped by itself. Now verse 9 says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. And I tried to, last time I tried to explain, explain that the, the reason for the in part is that the canon of scripture is not yet completed. And I'm just, I'm not going to, go back into any proof of that. I did that last time. Um, but even so, when the, when the entire revelation is given, we're still limited to what God has revealed. We, our, we have finite minds. We're not in for God is infinite, and, but we're finite. And it doesn't matter how many degrees you may have after your name, how many letters after your name, how many degrees that you may have. Uh, we don't know it all. We don't know it all. And, uh, and Paul had even said earlier in the chapter that, or in the uh, book, <coughs> that uh, if we think we know it all, <laughs> you know, we're puffed up. We're proud. And uh, because because we don't. I'm, I'm limited to my understanding. I'm limited to the fact that, that a human mind cannot understand a superhuman God in fullness. So at best, preaching is partial, prophesying. At best, the word of knowledge is partial. Uh, to draw out of the word of God principles of knowledge, that's only a partial thing. There's no way that we can know everything there is to know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, it says, and I think this is a good reminder, you know, it's so easy for it to become sort of, you know, kind of smug and think we've got all the answers. We've um, we pigeonholed our theology. We've got all the uh, passages that are difficult. We've got them all figured out. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, it says, if, if a man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing. What he, nothing about what he really ought to know. Now, basically, uh, knowledge is limited, especially it's limited when you don't have when you don't have the full revelation. I I keep I keep emphasizing that because because this this is a case as I said earlier where you've got to look at the whole chapter here, the whole context. You can't take one verse. And try to teach, you know, some pet doctrine from it. Uh, you have to look at the whole thing. In Psalm 139, verse six, 
It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That's talking about the knowledge of God. Such knowledge is, is beyond my understanding. In Romans 11, just compare with, with the New Testament word. And this is Paul speaking in Romans 11:33. He said, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And then listen to the next verse. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? His ways are past finding out. So we have to remember that we're always dealing with a part of the truth in terms of its total. And I want to hasten to say that doesn't mean we're having a problem because, uh, you know, because we're misinterpreted or because we're in error about this. To say we have partial truth doesn't mean we have error. It simply means that we don't understand all the truth that there is. For example, you know, you might, you might teach your child that two plus two is four. And that's, tr that's true. You have taught him truth. Two plus two is four. But, it's, but two plus two is four is a long way from algebra and geometry and trigonometry and calculus. There's much more to know that your child will never in the world begin to conceive when all that he can comprehend is that two plus two is two. It doesn't mean the knowledge is wrong. It doesn't mean it's unreliable. It simply means it's incomplete. Are you listening? <laughs> and we, we learn more as we grow as Christians, but, but we, we will not have complete knowledge until we see him, and we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Um, but, you know, I, I believe that, I believe that uh, even in eternity, I believe that even in heaven, that, you know, that we're still going to be learning well, you see, even though even though we, you know, we when we get to heaven, our knowledge is going to be greater than it is now. But it, but we're still not going to have the mind of Christ, and we never will, because He's God. And 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 we never a billion years from now, we will still not understand and know everything about God. That He's because. That you know it, the the knowledge of God, because of the fact that He He is sovereign God, He's om, omniscient. He has He has all knowledge about everything. I was reading uh, last night. I was reading a, an, an article, or actually, it was out of a commentary, and uh, talking about the complexity of of the universe. You know, if people when they when they read about the universe and how it's all kept together, how everything works, you know, just right, or you know, everything will blow up. You talk about a big bang. That's when you'd have it. Is um, if if anything got out of kilter. But God keeps everything in kilter. God keeps everything working right. 
and to and to understand, realize that it's that it's just His word, it's just just His voice. God said, "Let there be light," and it was so. God said, "Let there be this," and it was so. God said, and you think about that, just through just through God's word, that all this all this was created, and uh, and even the complexity of the human body. You, you read, but I the doctor I go to, he, he was telling me one time. He said, you know. Any any doctor, any physician that says he that he doesn't believe in God, you know, if they believe in evolution, any doctor claims to believe in evolution, they must have been asleep when they were studying uh, about the human body, the complexities of the human body. Um, and and there, there there's no way that you know this body that this could be the result of a glob of protoplasm washed up on the seashore and and you know and then suddenly began to sprout arms and legs and hair and all that kind of stuff um, but but you know this, this shows how gullible people are most of the world believes in evolution because that's what they've been taught and they accept that without ever thinking so anyway, um, who have known the mind of the Lord? Who have, who has been his counselor? His ways are past finding out. Now, um, the apostle Peter, he said, for you, you have all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That means that, that we have all that we need. Even though our, our uh, knowledge is incomplete, we don't, we don't have infinite knowledge yet, uh, Peter, Peter said, you have all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We have all we need. We sing that little chorus sometimes, he's all I need, he's all I need. Jesus is all I need. In John chapter 5, verse 20, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, we, we have enough knowledge now that we may, we may know him and that we, we may know his son. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we have the Holy Holy Spirit who teaches us to know the deep things of God. So we know what we need to know. We know as much as we need to know to know what God wants us to know, <clears throat> to do what God wants us to do. But we don't know everything. <clears throat> um. We're still students when it comes to the Word of God. We're still students. <clears throat> we some sometimes I will <clears throat> I will do this too. I would say sometimes you know Bible scholar, Bible scholar did Bible scholar. <clears throat> There's no such thing as a Bible scholar. There's Bible students. Someone said it's not what I don't understand that bothers me. It's what I do understand about about the the Word. <clears throat> so, um, so again, this 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 knowledge, <clears throat> this uh, this uh, prophesying <clears throat> that when this was given, that was it was partial because it didn't have all all the Bible, and um, but there was going to come something that was perfect that would that would not be 
necessary. What the way that they were gaining that, they will not be necessary. But now, now look again here, at verse ten. He said, "We know in part, we prophesy in part. We don't have it all. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away." That is. Uh, the direct revelation to the apostles and uh, and then from them uh, to the preachers, to the others. So what is that perfect thing? What is this it's talking about when it says when that which is perfect is come? And that's what we're going to study. So just hang with me. Don't anybody leave. And... Uh, I want you to, you know, put your thinking caps on, and and uh, and we're going to go. We're going to go and see what we can find out about this. A lot of discussion about it. There, there are different theories, different uh, thoughts about what this that he's talking about here. This one, that which is perfect. Now, looking at at verse twelve, and I want to remind you, whatever the perfect thing is. It is, it is something that is really perfect because it says that that we see in a glass darkly. We now see, uh, you know, we we can perceive what God is doing. We can in God's word, God's program, partially, but someday face to face, fully. We now know in part. That's the gift of knowledge in His illustration here. Someday we're going to know in the same way that, that we are known. Now he, he mentions here, look at that, look at that illustration. We see in a glass darkly or a or a mirror. Now the Corinthians would know exactly what he was talking about because there was a trade in the city of Corinth in which people made mirrors. And in those days they made mirrors out of metal. They would take the metal and they would flatten it out and then they would polish it into a high shine and it would be used as a mirror. But uh, if you've ever if you ever looked in a metal mirror, you know that it that it's it's not that clear. It's not that clear. It's not like you know our our mirror made out of glass. Uh, there there's going to be that metal mirror there is going to be first of all it's not going to be as clear and then there's going to be kind of some waves and and uh, and different things distortions so he said for now we're looking in a mirror and it reveals to us a rather vague image a rather confined image when you look in a mirror sometimes when you're driving you're looking in your rear view mirror you know, all you're going to see is what's available in that little mirror, that little rear view mirror. And sometimes, you know, you'll be driving along and you you'll start to change lanes, and all of a sudden, conk, you know, honk, 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 and uh, you know that you didn't see everything. That mirror, you didn't see everything. And even with our side view mirrors, there's a there's a blind spot. The uh, newer newer cars, at least the uh, cars that I'm familiar with now, they've got a thing in the mirror that if a car is approaching, you know, it'll show that little deal there. And uh, 
but even even sometimes I've had this to happen happen too. I'd I'd look in both the side view mirrors and the rear view mirrors, you know, that's in the car, and I and and so I started to change lanes, and even then I'll hear a honk. So the the point is, you can't, you know, you don't see everything. You don't see everything, and to how would you ladies like to try to put on your makeup, comb your hair, and everything? with a metal, using a piece of metal, you know, as a mirror. You, it, you know, I, 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 I would say, but I'm not gonna say this, but I would say, you know, some, some ladies look like they did try to put it on and that kind of, but I didn't say that. I said, I, you know, I could say that. But <laughs> I don't know what's, you know, Y'all must not have got a very good night's sleep last night. You know, you're... <laughs> so he's saying, for now, we're looking in a mirror, and it reveals to us a rather vague image, confirmed, con, uh, confined anyway. And so so he, he's saying here, this is, this is... He's using that illustration, and what he's saying, there, there's, a, there's a vagueness, there's a dimness in what we see, and there are limitations what we see in terms of our preaching and teaching the Word of God. Now, that was before that which is perfect has come. You see, he's, he's talking about then. And, uh, and, and then even after that which is perfect has come, and I'll tell you in a minute what, what I think it is, uh, even then our knowledge is limited because, because we just, there are things we cannot comprehend that have to do with God. But he but he said here there's coming a day when we'll see we'll see face to face. We'll see that is it'll be clear. It'll be, you know, um, a lot a, a lot more uh, visible than and understandable than it is now. And he said, well when's it going to be? Well that's what that's what we're gonna uh, talk about. I'm getting to it. And I want to tell you uh, right at the start here that there are different views about what this, which is perfect, what, what it is, what it's talking about. And um, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the view that this is the view I have, and the reason I have it this is because this was the view that my pastor had, and also when our Bible college, this was the view that that a professor taught. That, that's what it is, and uh, and I believe that it's completion of the scriptures. When that which is perfect is come, this is not partial. That which is perfect, complete. That which is perfect, complete, and and the word perfect there is in the neuter gender. It's in other words, it's not talking about a person. It's talking about a thing. It's neither male nor female. It's talking about a thing, and and, uh, and and this is this is the this is the perfect thing, complete, complete thing. Now, now he said we see face to face. Just you know, I mean, uh, we see just uh, in a, in a glass darkly, but but then face to face. Now we're going to see more clearly when the Bible. When that which is perfect has come, the completion of the scriptures, 
the, the addition of the New Testament to, uh, to the Old Testament and the, and the scripture that is the perfect. And when we have this, we see face to face and we know as we are known. Now, that's the view that I believe is the correct view, and that's the view that I have. But there are, there are other views that, that, you know, they're very credible, and, and uh, you, you can't be absolutely dogmatic about this, but there, uh, another view is that it's speaking of the rapture of the church. And uh, this this probably, you know, maybe some of you, you've heard that, that speaking here about the rapture of the church. And that's a good, you know, that's a good uh, good view. Uh, I've studied that and, and thought about, well, you you know, you just you can't just toss that aside and rule that completely out. However, I don't think that's, that's talking about there, the rapture of the church. The third, uh, another view is uh, that it's the maturing of the church. Uh, when, when the church reaches its maturity, and that's when everybody's in, the body's complete, that's the perfect thing. But that's really just another way of, of saying it's the rapture of the church because that's what, what's going to happen at the rapture. And uh, so that view, and then there's another, that the perfect thing of the second coming now, the second coming takes place at the end of the tribulation period. The rapture takes place before the tribulation. The second coming takes place after the tribulation, the close of it. And uh, there's some that say that that's, that's what it's talking about. Uh, Jesus is coming. But, but the problem with that is that, again, that, that word perfect there is in the neuter gender and it's so it's not it's not talk, it couldn't be talking about Christ because he's not a thing he, he's a person and uh, the and, and so if it was speaking about about him it would be it would it would not be uh, in the neuter gender it would be in the masculine and so that that kind of rules it out. Another view is that the eternal new heaven and new earth begins at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. And uh, so, so you have all those different views. And you know, it. Um, I don't think I don't say you know the only way you can get to heaven is to believe the view that this is talking about complete Bible. <clears throat> but that's my. Uh, my view is I believe that it's speaking about the completion of the Bible. And again, in the context here, it points more toward that than any of these, any of these other views. <clears throat> now, Paul adds a further note. He, says, he said that um, uh, gifts are elementary in verse, verse 11. He said here, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man... I put away childish things when I, when I reach maturity or perfection, and and I think what Paul is saying here is that when when I, when I reach my maturity in Christ is when I see Christ and I'm like Him. You see, for for a Jewish boy, uh, maturity 
wasn't a process. It was something that happened in an instant. It was bar, bar mitzvah. One day you were not mature. You had your bar, bar mitzvah. You were mature. You became a son. Uh, Paul says, I'll, I'll deal with these elementary things just like and to get to my spiritual bar, bar mitzvah. And when, <clears throat> when I hit my spiritual bar mitzvah and I'm like, Jesus, <clears throat> I put away these things. I put away all these things. When, uh, when a boy, a Jewish boy, <clears throat> when he reached 12 years old, <clears throat> and sometimes it might be, you know, that age might vary, but generally it was 12 years old, they would hold this service. This, they, they, they called it the bar mitzvah. And at this service, the boy then was declared to be an adult. He was. He was a. He, be, he became a son in the family of God. Now he was, you know, he had reached, reached that uh, state of maturity. I know I told you this before, but when we were in Israel. We were at the way. We were at the uh, the wall. The Wailing Wall. You know, we were there and <clears throat> play. You know, the place is really just hordes of people that were there and and a lot of the Orthodox Jews, you know, with their black uniforms on and and uh, many of the many of the uh, ultra Orthodox Jews and the and the way that they were identified was they wore different kinds of hats. <clears throat> and uh, if they had on a certain kind of a hat that meant they belonged to this sect, another kind of a hat you know the same. So, um, and also there were those Jews. You've you probably seen pictures that the men would have the little curl hanging down each side. That was a sect of, of the Jews as well. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll have to tell you this later. But I happened to stumble into a bar mitzvah service, and it's a wonder they didn't assassinate me. But uh, I I was watching that before they discovered that I was there. And um, so it's quite a, quite a ceremony, but it's, but it's a, a time when they're actually um, declaring that son, that boy, uh, to be an adult son. Heavenly Father, I pray you to bless the lesson this morning and bless the service to follow. Be with our singing, the music, and also with the preaching. I pray that You'll crown all of our efforts with the salvation of lost souls. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're starting our preaching service now in a couple of minutes. <clears throat>